great. So let's, yeah, let's move into, I've got a, um, a great message today. We're moving, continuing through our, our series on, uh, on Proverbs, words of wisdom. And again, though, we're kind of jumping into the New Testament today. And um, I just, by the way, I'm just, as I'm thinking about it with our online um, service and that sort of thing, I just wanted to kind of keep everyone up to speed on that. Um, we're shifting now so that we'll be having our online services available more towards the end of, of Sundays. Um, so just so you know, is now that we're kind of available to be together, this is kind of our focus at 10 a.m., but we're still recording our uh, music and, and my messages, and this way we're actually able to record it as, as we're doing things while we're inside and that. So we'll continue through this month to have our um, full service available, and then going into the fall, I'll be announcing kind of soon the plans around that. So I just want to keep everyone up to speed with our online presence. So great, okay, let's dive in. Um, so I'm going to go back two weeks ago for a second with the Proverbs. And two weeks ago, we talked about this idea that all of us kind of come to the path of wisdom with some, some shortcomings, so to speak. <laughs> so we talked about how the path to wisdom involves a bit of a reality check um, for all of us, that we are visually impaired, so to speak, <laughs> when it comes to what's good for us, when it comes to goodness. And uh, that we tend to settle for appearances, what appears good. And we're not too good at getting to the heart of it, what's really good for us. And, and not only that, we talked about how we're pretty good at deceiving ourselves when it comes to justifying our choices, that whole confirmation bias thing. Um, and we, that we said that the key there is trusting God. Trusting God, to, we got that beautiful verse that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That, that's the key. And God guides us gives us glasses, so to speak, helping us to start to see more clearly and, and restoring our vision so that we can come to see what's truly good. Well, today we're doing part two, and we're going in Matthew 13, because Jesus picks up on this theme of seeing and hearing, and he relates it to the kingdom, to the kingdom of God or God's reign. And we're still in wisdom tradition with all of that, right? When we talk about the kingdom, we talk about God's wisdom. We talk about God's goodness. And Jesus wants us to come to understand God's kingdom. But he adds now a new twist to this, so to speak, or maybe a new dimension. He talks about how not only do we have trouble seeing and hearing, but sometimes we choose to not want the truth. We don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to see what's true. And the reason is our hearts. There's, there's something going on with our hearts that prevent us from seeing and hearing. And so we're going to look at Matthew 13 today to investigate, okay, what's, what's Jesus teaching us there? What's going on? And we're going to move back to the Proverbs to get practical with it to find out that how important it is for us to have a heart that's open to the kingdom. So let's, I'm going to read that now. We're going to read Matthew 13. Um, feel free if you've got your Bible and, uh, or your phone Bible app and you prefer to, to see the text, feel free to turn there with me. Um, Matthew 13, 10 to 16. And I'm going to be reading the NET translation, the New English translation. 
So this is just after Jesus has given the famous parable of the sower, you know, the farmer that spreads seed and it goes on different soils. And then this is kind of the inside discussion after that, after he's just spoken to the crowds. It says, then the disciples came to Jesus and said, why do you speak to them in parables? And he replied, well, you have been given the opportunity to know the secrets of heaven, but they have not. For whoever has will be given more and will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. For this reason, I speak to them in parables. Although they see, they do not see, and although they hear, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And concerning them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will listen carefully, yet will never understand. You will look closely, yet will never comprehend. For the heart of this people has become dull. They are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they would not see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But your eyes are blessed, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So just from me going through that, you can hear all the different mentions of the senses again. Jesus is right taking up this idea from Proverbs that we need eyes to see, ears to hear. It reminds me of a proverb that we talked about last week, that eyes to see, ears to hear, the Lord has made them both. There it's not just talking about literal eyes, it's talking about how we can hear wisdom and hear truth and see goodness and understand. And here, Jesus is now talking about the kingdom. You can see it there, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And he wants people, what he's teaching through parables and, and through his discourses, he wants people to understand the kingdom, to understand the truth there, to understand the goodness there. But it's surprising. It's what's been called the upside-down kingdom, where the last are first, the first are last. So it's a hard thing for people to understand. Um, N.T. Wright puts it this way. What Jesus is trying to do here, he's keen to open their eyes and ears to see and hear what God's actually doing. Because often we think God's doing something, but we don't understand who God is, what his heart is. And that's really what's going on with Jesus and his people. They're expecting things of God that don't line up with his heart, that don't line up with who he is. And about some of the people in the crowd then, when it comes to seeing the truth, he says that although they see, they don't see. Although they hear, they don't hear. They don't understand. There's certainly an impairment problem going on here. There's certainly something wrong with their vision, something wrong with their hearing that's preventing. But he adds this new dimension. He adds a, a choice element to this. He says when, when he's quoting Isaiah that they've actually shut their eyes. That these people, although they see, they don't see, they hear, they don't hear. It's because they've shut their eyes. So that they wouldn't see, so that they wouldn't hear, so that they wouldn't understand with their hearts and turn to me so that I could heal them. They've shut their eyes. They've chosen for some reason not to see the truth. There's a choice element. Some people aren't interested. Some people reject and oppose. 
they don't want to hear the truth. And when I um, hear that, I, I wonder why. You know what I mean? Like, if someone's giving you the truth, why would you want to reject that? If Jesus is speaking truth about the kingdom, what would, would make someone say, no thanks, I don't want to hear that right now. I'm shutting my eyes to it. Well, Jesus gives us this important verse in there that is our main clue to that. He says that the hearts of this people, quoting Isaiah again, the hearts of these people have become dull. There's something going on with the heart that's preventing the seeing and the hearing. There's some connection going on there. And uh, that word for dull, it, in the NIV, it's translated calloused. It, in the Greek, it can mean thick. It's becoming thickened. I think of when I was learning to play guitar, you know, how at first it really hurt. It's kind of like really poking into your fingers, but over time they become calloused. And so the strings can't hurt them anymore. It's kind of impenetrable, so to speak. And that's what I think of here with the hearts. It's the truth can't kind of break into that. Uh, they're closed off, so to speak. That's the best word I can think of, that, that, that they're closed. <laughs> and as I was thinking about it this week, you know, when you start thinking about the heart, and if someone were to ask you, you know, what, what's that mean, I realized it gets kind of confusing pretty quickly, <laughs> trying to think about what is the heart here. You know, because I realize that we refer to that in so many different ways. And we use so many different phrases to talk about the heart. So I just want to talk about that for a second, I think, because that's going to help us to understand what Jesus is saying. But when we're talking about the heart, we're talking about emotions sometimes. So we say that someone wears their heart on their sleeve. Uh, we say that someone's broken our heart when they've really hurt us, hurt us emotionally. Um, that we pour out our heart, we're pouring out our emotions, so it, it can refer to the emotions. But yet, we also use it to talk about our intellect, our mental life as well. Because when we memorize something, we commit it to heart. We, we're learning it by heart. Or when we're talking about we want to get to the truth in a situation, we say, let's get to the heart of the matter. So it means that too. And it can even refer to the deep down who you are. You know, so we say... Her heart isn't in it. She's going through the motions. She's not really into that, you know. Or that's the way to my heart. You know, food is the way to my heart. Hint, hint, you know. <laughs> but food, that's, that's what I've often said because that's the way to get to, to who, you know, if you really want to kind of get to know who I am and win me over, <laughs> you know, food is the way to my heart. So we say stuff like that. And so, you know, that saying, follow your heart. You know, be true to yourself. So all those things come together, emotional, mental, who you are deep down, come together to, for that word, that word heart. And I think that full picture is what Jesus is getting at here. When people's hearts are closed off, when they're calloused, um, closed off to the truth, closed off to the kingdom, that's at the emotional level, that's at the mental level, that's at the deep down level. They're closed off. The message translation gives us a picture of someone. It says that they've, they've screwed their eyes shut. They've stuck their fingers in their ears. That's a person who's fully closed off to the truth. <laughs> They're doing everything to prevent that from coming in. Um, the best illustration I could think of um, was one of my favorite stories, the, the story of Scrooge. <laughs> the story of Scrooge, you know, the Christmas carol. 
And uh, my favorite version of it is, is the Muppets version, by the way, so that might be what I'm referencing a bit more than Charles Dickens, but so forgive me. It's a bit of a uh, tradition for me to watch the Muppet Christmas Carol. Highly recommend it. My kids are starting to get into it, though they're not fully sold on the Muppets yet. But uh, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. Um, my old youth group used to make fun of me all the time for that, for the Muppets. It was Disney versus the Muppets, and Disney always won. Um, but uh, yeah, so we know the story, so that's kind of why I'm going to bring it up too. We know the story about Scrooge. I mean, the guy doesn't like Christmas, right? He hates Christmas anytime that it comes around. And it's a heart problem. That's the, the whole story. It's a heart problem. He's really sold on wealth, accumulation, efficiency, and all that stuff. So he's closed off to the true meaning of Christmas. Bah humbug in his words, right? He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He wishes that it would just kind of go away. But the spirits, the whole thing that they're trying to do is to soften his heart, to have a little bit of a change of heart so that he can be open to Christmas and and to really understand it. And so they kind of show him what he's become, that his heart's been closed off to so many important things, to relationships, to generosity, and things that are really good and valuable. And as they take him through that, it does. It kind of breaks him down and creates a bit of an opening in his heart. And because of that, he gets it. By the end of the story, he's redeemed. He sees the true meaning of Christmas, and it completely changes him. But it's all around his heart. There was something going on with his heart that was preventing him from understanding the true meaning of Christmas. And that's, I think, a good illustration of what Jesus is talking about with the kingdom. Because there's this verse that came to mind for me as I was planning this out. It's, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's earlier in Matthew, Matthew 6, 21. And that reminds me of another saying about the heart. Be careful what you give your heart to. Be careful who you give your heart to. Because that's going to really change things, right? What you give your heart to, that's what you treasure. What you treasure has your heart. It's what you're aligned with. It's what you're committed to. It's what you're in love with. And that really changes the way you see things in life. Depending on what you give your heart to, it's going to kind of close you off to certain things and cause you to have narrow tunnel vision on other things. It might make you not interested in certain things that don't really relate. And it might make you opposed to things that threaten what you've given your heart to. So it's important to think about that. And I mean, sometimes it's not necessarily a bad thing. So when you marry someone, you give them your heart, you're committed to them, you're aligned with them, you, you love them. And so that closes you off to things. When I married Randy, <laughs> that closed me off to other girls, <laughs> you know, and it makes me, oppo- like, makes me want to protect our marriage. So if there's things that are happening that might be threatening it, I'm opposed to those things. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that our hearts color the world the way they do. But it could be. It could be a bad thing, as was the case with Scrooge. Just to go back to that example for a second. With Scrooge, his heart was given over to accumulation of wealth and money and efficiency. And so hence why Christmas was completely off his radar. Not only was he not interested in it, it threatened efficiency. It threatened those things that he held near and dear. So he was opposed to Christmas. His heart was closed off because of his own 
um, commitments and all of that. So that's adding that in now to the conversation. That's kind of what I see going on here with Jesus. Jesus is saying that some people, what they've given their hearts to, it prevents them from appreciating his message about the kingdom. It prevents them from seeing the beauty of the kingdom. Because maybe for one, maybe they're just not interested or two, it might feel threatening to them. We've, I've done a message on that before where the kingdom was threatening to those who had the power in their day, especially the religious um, officials, the religious leaders. So it's a heart thing that's going on. It's what we've given our heart to. And so that's why in the message translation from our passage, Jesus says, whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there's no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's what he's saying. Whatever they have will be taken away. They've kind of, it's sinking in, but it's just going to go away anyways because there's no readiness. And that's why I tell stories. That's why I tell parables, Jesus says, to create readiness, to nudge the people toward a welcome awakening. Jesus is telling parables, telling stories to speak to the heart and those that are ready for it It'll, the understanding will start to flow. But those who are closed off because of their commitments to other things, it'll just bounce off. And even the words that they have will be eventually just taken away, so to speak. It just won't sink in. So that's what I see as the picture here that Jesus is getting at. The heart problem that can be there that prevents us from wanting to know the truth. That prevents us from seeing the kingdom prevents us from hearing the truth about the kingdom, prevents us from pursuing wisdom, we could put it that way, from seeing the goodness and wisdom and from hearing wisdom. And I'm almost, gonna, I'm almost done here, but there's one more thing that I just want to do before, before we finish off. Because if you're like me, you're thinking, okay, well, how does that work, like practically speaking, you know? Um, you might be thinking, well, what if... My heart's given to something I don't even know it. <laughs> you know, what do I do then? Or even different stages of the Christian journey, there's always things that kind of threaten to, to win over our heart, to, to put us kind of back it, into this sort of scenario. So it's helpful to ask, like, what do we do? What, what do we do to make sure that this doesn't happen? And so I'm going to jump into Proverbs for the answer to that briefly. Because in Proverbs 2, we get this little passage that I think gives us just what we need here. And it's really practical in the way that it says it. So if you want, you can open up to Proverbs 2. And it's going to be verses 1 to 8. <clears throat> so it says, My child, if you receive my words and store up my commands inside yourself, by making your ear attentive to wisdom, and by turning your heart to understanding. So those parts, you see, it really lines up with what Jesus is saying, but then it goes in a bit of a, a new direction for us. It says, indeed, if you call out for discernment, shout loudly for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand how to fear the Lord, how to love the Lord, adore the Lord, give yourself to God, and you will discover knowledge about God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So there, I just, I feel like there's these great practical verbs <laughs> that we get, practical guidance in there 
for our part in this. Because I see here it's a joint venture, thankfully. If we want to kind of learn and understand, it's a joint venture. We've got certain things that we need to do, and God promises to do certain things. And, you know, on our part, we need to receive, we need to store up, we need to make our ear attentive. That's the part we've already heard already. So now we're wondering, okay, how do we do that? And it says, here's the the kind of action words. It says we need to call out, to shout loudly. Call out and shout loudly. Just ask for help. Really mean it and ask for help. Simple as that. And also that we need to seek and search. We need to devote ourselves to seeking the truth. Seeking, what does it say? It says, seek wisdom and understanding like silver. Search for it like a hidden treasure. Like just recognize, okay, that's what's really valuable. I just need to seek it and search for it and ask for help along the way. That's our side of things. Really simple, really practical. And then what does God do on the other side of this? It says that, God will help us discover that in that process we will discover the promises we will discover and that God gives us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And the message translation gives it out for free. He's generous with it. So that's the two-way street here. That's the, the joint venture, so to speak. Seek, ask for help, and God is there to give, helping, helping us to discover And I believe this can come in many forms. If you're listening to this today and this is something new, I believe that this can come in the form of just kind of seeking the truth. You're like, I'm tired of the lies. I just need to know the truth about life or about my life. I'm sick of what's kind of appears good, what, what our culture is calling good, but I've been burned by it. I want what's really good. and I need help and I want to seek that. It could start that way, I think. And God's right there to say, okay, let's do this together. Or it could be following selfless and true love. It could be following beauty. All those are paths to Jesus as well. And it could be also just turning to God in pain, in our pain, because God often can use pain. I don't think that he causes it, but he can use pain to soften our hearts and turn us kind of to him and on this journey. If we call out for help and we decide, I'm going to seek, I'm going to search, it can start out that way and then we kind of gradually find out, oh, this is Jesus I'm with here. This is God that I'm with. He's helping me along this path, helping me to understand, helping me to learn. Great. So that's, that's all I wanted to say about uh, this, this passage today and, and just talking about these things. So to sum up, to, to remember what we've been talking about We've been talking about how not only when we think about the path to wisdom, the path to understanding the kingdom now, that sure, we come with a visual impairment, so to speak, and also sometimes we don't even want to know the truth. But if we call out to God for help and we decide to seek for the truth about the kingdom, then he's there to help us, to help us along, to guide us, to lead us into the truth, to lead us into the kingdom. As Jesus said, the understanding will just start to flow. And that's my prayer for all of us today. Because this applies really at any stage of the journey, as I said. It applies at the beginning. It applies if you're 10 years in, 20 years in, 30 years in. Because there's always going to be things that can kind of compete to win over our hearts. 
And so we just need to keep asking God for help in that and seeking, seeking God, seeking God's kingdom as a treasure. Because Jesus used these words too about the kingdom, right? It's a treasure. It's like a treasure that someone ch- cherished so much that they stored it away to make sure that it was safe. It's like someone searching for that gold coin, right? That's, if, we are, if we're on that track and seeking the kingdom, that we're on the right track. And God is with us, promising that he's with us every step of the way. But the key thing is that open heart. The key thing is having an open heart. Great. Okay, so let's, let's pray together and uh, invite the, the, for Jonathan to come on up and uh, sing a, a last song with us. But let's, let's pray as, as he does. Um, dear Jesus, just <laughs> thank you for today. Thank you for teaching us about the kingdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you don't want it to be hidden from us. That you want us to enter into that reality, that reality where God reigns and love reigns. Where those things are true that we've been singing about. That there's no more fear. That death has been arrested. Death has lost its power, lost its sting. In your kingdom, there's new life. There is beauty, there is love, there is goodness, there is truth. All those things. So help us to follow you, Lord Jesus. Help us to seek out those things in our day-to-day lives. To not settle for, the, for lies. To not settle for hatred. To not settle for um, the other things that kind of harden our heart. But just to only settle for your kingdom, Lord God. Help us to stay on that constant search for you. And humble us, remind us to just ask for your help in this. We don't have to do this in our own power. We can rely on you. We can trust in you. And you are pleased to give us the kingdom. So we thank you so much for that. And help us to go into this week with that as our reminder and that as our focus. So it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.